to sports. Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Come on. Bring them out, bring them out. Hey. Bring them out, bring them out. Yeah. Bring them out, bring them out. Hey. Former Lasher Sports Talk. I'm live in Voice America Sports. We're here in Phoenix, Arizona, but we're going out across the world. There's a lot of things to talk about in the world of sports. So we'll touch on a few things. We'll go around, talk a little bit NBA. Uh, yesterday was a. Uh, this is a good week. This is a good week because uh, baseball started. Opening day started yesterday. Uh, NCAA title game. Uh, we have the women's tonight. But uh, again, we're live. We're having fun. I'm in the studio alone. Uh, so if you want to call in and chime in on some of the discussions, the topics, uh, getting on the conversation, the number is one eight 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 three four six nine one four four. One eight 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 three four six nine one four four. We are live nine p- nine a.m. Pacific time, twelve noon on the Eastern Standard Time, and we'll go around and talk about a few things. Um, I was trying to think about what to talk about as far as what the open with actually the NCAA title games or Jordan and the rest of those guys, Stockton and uh, a few more guys getting into the Hall of Fame. But you know what? If you didn't think Jordan was getting in the Hall of Fame on the first ballot, then you have to go back under that rock you were you were under. So we'll talk about the NCAA's. We may have a few call-ins. Uh, um, may have a few stop-in guests stop by the studio. But uh, we, let's go into this NCAA title games. When, uh, you know, I was watching UNS, UNC. Uh, they, they are going to hold, hold up five banners up in that place uh, in Chapel Hill. But, you know, watching that game, you know, the first seven minutes of that game, I thought that um, Michigan State was just out of sync. Uh, they didn't even look like they were ready. I don't know what the problem was. I don't know if they was nervous. But it was a big game was a huge game for those for those guys to step up in and playing against us uh, one of the best who was ranked number one at the beginning of the year and obviously they finished number one at the end of the year uh with the national title but michigan state uh throughout the playoffs throughout the um, uh ncaa tournament they've beaten some pretty good teams to get to this point and it didn't make sense to me how they can get to the final game and it just looked out of sync uh seven minutes to the game these guys they didn't even look like they was ready to play. They had like five turnovers, uh, missed free throws. And by that point, Carolina was up 22 points. Well, it was 22-7. So they were up substantially on these guys with 13 and a half minutes in the first half still left to play. Uh, they just looked at a three of nine shooting uh, at that point. And then two minutes later, they get down by 18 points. So I, I don't know what was going on with the Michigan State game. I don't know if you... If you have any uh, clues or questions or, or comments or resolution or how do you, what these guys did or how they come out that way, uh, play in the biggest game, a lot of these guys' career, uh, you can call in. The number again is 1-888-346-9144. Um, a lot of times State was just, Michigan State was just one and done. Uh, there was no offensive rebounds, too many turnovers, too many missed shots. Um, last time uh, North Carolina beat these guys by 35 points. And um, going to end of the first half, I thought it was going to be another 35-point uh, victory. I don't know if uh, Sutan was going to be a difference maker. I don't know if he can uh, make up a 35-point deficit uh, in this next game. You like to think it would be a closer game, but uh, the way these guys were playing, they was um, outstanding. I don't know if Chicago, um, I'm sorry, uh, Carolina's that good of a defensive team but what I do know is Ty Lawson, he stayed aggressive the whole game. 
he pushed the um he pushed the ball up. Uh, he was always rough. He made his shots. Uh, the rest of those guys are uh, Ellington. He finished with 19 points, four rebounds. Uh, but these guys were just playing outstanding, outstanding basketball when it counted, uh, as they did all throughout the year. Uh, I thought State was shooting too quick. Uh, if you're making those shots, that's fine. Uh, but they wasn't making those shots at all, and that led to a lot of fast breaks for Carolina. And I thought it was going to be a good game. Carolina was up 23 points at halftime, and I think at that point, Michigan State went into panic mode. Um, Ty Lawson set a record with uh, eight steals, a tournament record. Again, like I said, he ended up with 21 points. So um, uh, these guys are national champions. Um, I thought the uh, tournaments this year were great, how they matched these uh, teams, how teams came out and played in the NCAA tournaments. Uh, A lot of number ones, they made it to the end before getting knocked out. You always expect um, a number one to get knocked off, but North Carolina was able to sustain and uh, hold on to the number one spot and uh, get the job done. So uh, 89 to 72 was that victory, and um, I thought it was going to be a good game. The first half was good. I wanted to see these guys come out and be competitive, uh, Michigan State, but it was not happening. I think they North Carolina made State play the way they um, made them change their game up, and that was not good for um, for Michigan State because again, like I said, they were one and done. There was not a lot of uh, offensive rebounds. Um, I thought they shot entirely too quick which played right into Carolina's hands because they was a fast break, and that, that's why they allowed the, uh, the 22-7 with 13 and a half minutes in the first quarter, in the first half of the uh, basketball game, as well as a 23 going into the halftime, a 23 uh, lead going up there. So they come out and they try to make things happen. Um, they come out shooting threes again as they were shooting, but they hit a, a, hit, they hit a few more, Michigan State did, hit a few more than they did in the first half. And I think they took that lead down to 13. That was the closest they came. And I thought, and I think it was like four minutes. Four minutes and about 12 seconds, uh, they got the lead down to 13. And, um, you know, that's still plenty of time to make a run. But I think just uh, the overall North Carolina team was just too much for them, too big for these guys. Um, they was boxing out well. They was getting second chance points. They was getting second shots. Um, and they was able to hold. And when you got a guy like Ty Lawson, uh the general of your team, and he's he has the ball. He has control of the game. It's going to be hard for you to come back, uh, especially you exerting too much energy to come back after being down 23 points at half, and you had to fight your way up. So it was easy for North Carolina to take a breather in that span because they went on about three runs and where they um, kept uh, Michigan State at bay. So, But I say congratulations to all the teams that play. I definitely congratulations to the North Carolina and uh, Michigan State. Uh, North Carolina being victorious, holding up their fifth banner in the win and an 89-72 victory. And we got the women's coming up. Like I said, that's a gr- this is a great week for uh, sports uh, with the opening day of baseball, um, the title game last night, and we have the women's. I was more impressed with the final four of the women's because, especially for the women, uh, we watched the um, – I watched Louisville, uh, top number one. Um, that was an exciting game all the way through. Then I watch the women of UConn. I I would just say wow to that. If you watch any of that game, UConn and uh, Stanford, and you understand why the wild factor is uh why I have a wild factor with these guys. But they run through they run through Stanford on the way to uh, the championship game, which will be played tonight. Um, now the Oklahoma game, the Oklahoma 
Sooners and the Louisville Cardinals game. Uh, that game, I thought the Sooners, I thought Oklahoma came out. They came out actually with a 16-2 run, and um, they controlled the game. I think they were doing pretty much everything they wanted to do when they wanted to do it. And I'm not sure what the nervousness set in of uh, of uh, Louisville, but Oklahoma took advantage of that, uh, did exactly what they wanted to. And for the most part, they shut down All-American Angel McCartry. She had four points in the first half, and then this is uh, – this is not what you expect for your All-American, the leader of your team. But Oklahoma's go they go into the locker room feeling good about themselves with a 12-point lead. Um, so uh, I know a coach gets on um, – I read a few reports. The coach gets on Angel and just demoralize her. She's, uh, but she's a, all, she's a pro, well, professional at what she does in the college level. And um, she comes out and get 18 points. So she comes out and get the job done. Now, at that point, you're thinking uh, – I'm thinking – Courtney Paris is going to uh, make good on her prediction, her bold prediction that she made. She said at that time, during the, during the playoffs, if they don't win the national title or national championship game, she would pay back her scholarship, which is about $64,000. And that was a four-year $64,000 scholarship. Um, that was a great motivational, or maybe it was just to get her team re- ready but uh, I watched the interview after the game with her, and she said she's going to make good on it. And uh, I really don't think she she have to, but she's a grown woman. She made the prediction, and um, uh, she, sh- she should pay it back. If she pay it back, I think some boosters. Boosters should come into play, or somebody should come into play and, and you know take care of her. Because she gave these uh, Oklahoma Sooners a great four years there. She did everything she was supposed to do. Um, and uh, I thought, you know, I thought she would make good on that. But after watching the uh, – UConn play Stanford, I think um, she was going to have to end up paying that back anyway because you have to face UConn. Those women are just different. All right. Now, and I mentioned that uh, Angel was a first-team All-American, right? She came out in the second half with game high, 18 points, 11 rebounds. She ended up with five steals and two blocks. Now, these 14 points coming in the second half after being shut down by Oklahoma's defense. And I think it was a hit of freshman on them, a pretty good freshman at Oklahoma. So they still have weapons over there for next year. So I don't think it will be too much of a rebuilding team. These guys will still probably be one of those teams to mention it. But they, they shut uh, Angel McCartry down. Uh, Adrian came, she came out second half, did everything she was supposed to do as an All-American in the second half of any game. She prepared her team to win a chance for the national title. Now we have the game tonight. It's UConn versus Louisville. This is for the title. And um, this will be their third time playing. And these guys have played for the uh, NCAA tournament, well, the um, Big East tournament with UConn winning. And uh, UConn took care of Stanford, who beat them last year in the um, NCAAs. And I watched that game, and I watched these girls have – the reason why they're good because they discipline. And they, they understand the game. I won't say they just athletic because everybody out there was able to play the game, but and at on all teams out there, but they were disciplined, they were smart. Um, I thought they got out a little control, but they did have a thirty point lead, so uh, they kept uh, fouling for reasons I did I couldn't understand. But this game would be the third game, the third time these uh, these uh, women play in each other, and UConn. If I have to choose right now. Uh, UConn will be the national title, um, national champs for the women's basketball. All right, we got a 
few minutes left before we take a break. But if you want to call in, we have the number is uh one eight 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 three four six nine one four four one eight 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 three four six nine one four four. It was congrat again. Congratulations to University of North Carolina, uh, the Tar Heels. They pulled it off with an eighty nine uh, to an eighty nine to seventy two victory over Michigan State. Um, I think a lot. I think the key to that. The whole season for these guys. And I'm going to go back and forth with the men and women. But if you want to call in, we can talk about uh, e- either or. The key um, was these guys coming back, uh, three guys coming back from last year. They could have went into the draft, but they end up coming back from last year for their senior year. And that's the key. If you can keep guys around in college, you can have a successful team. You can have a, um, a, a more veteran team, a more experienced team. And uh, it's hard to keep guys in college because a lot of them uh, have pro talent and they they leave a lot early. But North Carolina does a great job of keeping these guys for at least uh, at least three years, at least three years. So when you recruit, it's, I don't know what the the, the ploy or the plot is when you're recruiting um, big time programs like Kansas, North Carolina, uh, UConn, and such, or Michigan State, that you know you're not going to have these guys no more than three years. A lot of these guys can go to pro right out of high school, but uh, there's a new rule that uh, you have to do a year of college, but um, that's that's North Carolina. They, that was I think that was the key to their season this year was having those veteran guys come back and um, finishing off the season for Roy Williams. Now Roy Williams is not has he hasn't mentioned himself in the uh, category as a Dean Smith, but he has just as many national championships as Dean in the six years he was there at uh, North Carolina. So I think it's just. Um, I think it's just a humble thing, but we will find out what's going on there. We'll come back, talk a little bit more of that. Then we move into some baseball highlights. Again, I watched a few games. This is the Voice America Sports Network. You listen to Kwame Lasso on Kwame Lasso Sports Talk. I will come back in two minutes, and we'll finish up on that. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Hey, football fans. Are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. Tune into the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. 
Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Four and three and two and one. Just play. Four and three and two. Everybody, let's get Welcome back to uh, Voice America Sports Network. You're listening to Kwame Lasso Sports Talk. I'm back. We left off talking about uh, the national title game of the men, UNC versus Michigan State. Uh, for the first part, or for the most part of it, uh, the game was pretty good until uh, it wasn't even interesting anymore in the second half. Although Michigan State tried to make a comeback, but uh, I think North Carolina was just too much for them. Obviously, they was too much for them. They won the game. But you can't go on runs. You can't allow teams to go on runs like that. Uh, I think um, watching the game in the first half, North Carolina went on two runs. They was able uh, to hold off Michigan State whenever they tried to make a run. But in, in the first the first seven minutes of the game, I thought it was going to be over anyway. These guys had a 14-point a lead, a 13-point lead, and it was just over. They, didn't, they came out flat. I don't know what the night before was for Michigan State. I don't know what the game plan was for Michigan State, but they came out and, and shot the ball very quick with about um, 15, minute, 15 seconds on the clock. They didn't use any clock. The shots they did take, they wasn't made. They were 3-9 and nine from the field uh, early in the first five, seven minutes. Uh, so they was missing shots, and they wasn't getting second chances. at. Uh, they wasn't getting offensive rebounds. They were, um, they were just sloppy all together. They were just out of sync. Uh, guys would come off the bench right away, wasn't getting into the rhythm, coming off the bench shooting. So, and that, again, I mentioned that allowed uh, North Carolina to go on fast break runs. But I think the game tonight, I think it would be a better game uh, with the girls, the female of uh, UConn and Louisville. This should be a big game, and I think U- UConn will prevail and be the national title, holding it up the uh, trophy with uh, North Carolina for the uh, men and UConn for the women. The game hasn't been played yet. That's just my prediction as far as the women's uh, championship would go. And uh, we will follow that. I'm definitely watching that game because uh, uh, Montgomery, uh, Moore, uh, the, the, those, girl, those females haven't been stopped yet. And that's uh, surprising because uh, on that level, on the college level, you think it was equal a match. I don't know how uh, the head coach, uh, Gino, I don't know how he builds a dynasty like that. And I think that team is built from scratch at his own. He's been there 30 years, 33 years. But that team is built from scratch, and those are his players. But he was able to build a dynasty, get these girls in, be consistent. He's been on a, a couple undefeated seasons, which if they win tonight will be another undefeated season for uh, the UConn women. And um, uh, I think the key is stopping uh, Montgomery from penetrating, stopping more, which these girls have – two others or three other that can come off the bench and uh score and i don't i don't see i don't see it getting done where there's uh got to give a lot of credit when they play stanford that uh 
Uh, Stanford fought their heart out, but that's it was just too much firepower, too much, uh, too many weapons on that bench for those for uh, UConn. And Stanford didn't have enough, although they um they showed a little pride. They kept playing for pride. I think <laughs> I think they were playing for pride after after the first uh, ten minutes of the game. So uh, that's not gonna get it done. Uh, that's pretty much. Um, Pretty much put them over, uh, put them back home. And Stanford did beat these uh, UConn women last year on their way uh, to the uh, Final Four. Um, what else is going on in the world of sports and uh, basketball? Let's keep it to the. Let's stay in college. Uh, Griffin, uh, uh, Blake Griffin, Oklahoma Sooners for the men. Uh, he might announce the decision to go to the NBA draft. He was a Naismith Award winner, um, sophomore guy. Again, like I said. It's hard to keep these guys in when they're that good. Um, so I don't know. Recruiting-wise, you have to have a great recruiter at the college level, especially in basketball, because these guys can leave after one year. Griffin, six foot ten forward. Uh, he did a lot. Of, he did a lot of good things in the tournament for himself. Um, he was double teamed a whole lot of times. I think in the final game they played, which they lost, his teammates didn't happen. He, he being double teamed, uh, he found the open man. The open man just couldn't hit the shots. And uh, they end up losing, but he uh, the season as soon as finished thirty and six, he averaged about twenty two points, uh, led the lead, led the nation and uh, fourteen rebounds. So uh, he he did a pretty good job, and then he's coming out. I got a few callers on the line. I got a, a long time caller, uh, Rich in D.C. or Virginia. He's called in a few times. Rich, are you on the line? Hey, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, man? I, I, I'm sitting here talking about the um, – I'm moving around the board, but I'm still staying at the college level. I'm talking about the women's basketball. I started off talking about the uh, – if you're listening to the show, I was talking about the uh, men NCAA title game, North Carolina and the Michigan. I don't know if you watched the game last night. Um, yeah, I watched it. Okay. What was your opinion on it? Uh, you know, North Carolina, they, they had something to prove. Well, they came out. I mean, you know, when you jump up 21 – you go to halftime a 21-point lead – I mean, you just, they came out and just jumped on them quick and didn't let them – they couldn't breathe. I mean, it's kind of like, uh, you know, you, the UFC fight. When you jump on a guy quick, you don't let him breathe, don't let him move, you know, you pretty much win that fight. Do you think, um, Rich, do you think one of the key things with a, was uh, three of those guys coming back for their senior year? Because uh, a lot of those guys at Carolina could turn pro, and I've been talking um, uh, since, I started, since the show started this morning, but it's hard to keep some um, – it's hard to keep guys in there because at the NBA level, some of them can turn pro right out of high school, but it's hard to keep guys there. And uh, if you're a great recruiter or a great coach, motivator, a lot of those guys can go pro, but uh, North Carolina had three guys to come back for their senior year. Yeah, that's a, that's a key. When you got when you can go out of high, when you leave high school and go pro for the NBA and then you go, end up going to college, you know, everybody's not LeBron James, you know. Right. Everybody's not a, not a uh, Kevin Garnett. So it's kind of hard. So these guys now with this rule change a couple of years ago, they got to come into school at least one, one. They can go one year, or whatever, and leave out. So those guys coming back to North Carolina, all five of them were four-year starters, pretty much, or four-year players. Uh, like I said last night, uh, what's the kid's name? Danny. Danny. Green. Danny Green, who played uh, Danny Green over a hundred and some odd games. Yeah, in a North Carolina uniform, the most ever. That says I mean, that, right. and he wasn't a starter until last year. Right, when that, we, but you know what? That says a lot for uh, the school, the team. That says a lot for him. He stayed in um, um, in college, and and that that school wins. 
that he can play in that many games that they can they win consistently uh, year in and year out. Roy Williams. Roy Williams uh, coming from Kansas. He was successful in Kansas, but he couldn't get a national championship until he went to the University of North Carolina and then Bill Self come in. And uh, they play with different players, and Bill Self come in and win one. But Roy Williams is a – he is the guy. Uh, you, if it, you had a son with a chance to play college basketball – that would be one of the schools you look at if Roy Williams still the coach. Um, I tell you what, I tell you what's going on now. But uh, uh, let's go back to Ty Lawson. What do you think about him? This guy was a general on the court. He was architecting everything that went on uh, in that game. He was stayed aggressive. What do you think about Ty Lawson? He just, I mean, he would come down the court last night. He see it open. He take it to the hoop. I mean, he just like you said like earlier. He's a he's a general. He just makes it happen. You know, I think he is the oil in that engine. This past season, I think so. Without without him, they didn't. They didn't. They might have won games, but they wasn't convincing like they were last night. Right, and uh, yeah, and I thought he, um, but he was hurt. You know, the good thing about it is he he ended up getting healthy at the right time. I think at the beginning of the tournaments they set him out because who they were playing. Their first game was Rafford, I think it was. Yeah. You didn't you didn't need him for Rafford. If you lose to Rafford, you don't deserve to be in there as a, as a Tar Heel, as a UNC, North Carolina. You don't need to be in that game if you play in the tournament if you lose to Rafford. Now, anything can happen. Those guys have passion to play the game too, but North Carolina just a too much of a powerful team against a team like Rafford. And then, you know, he stayed out in that game. He wasn't ready to play. And I think it. Um, he had a good chance to heal during the tournaments and uh, came out and did everything he's supposed to do as a senior. And if you watched last night, like you said, he, had, uh, he set a record in steals. He had eight steals. Um, a lot of times being in the right place at the right time, but he stayed aggressive. I thought he was moving the ball past, past half court as soon as they took the ball out, and uh, Michigan State just wasn't ready for him. They just could, they had nothing to handle that. They had nobody, you know, it ain't like the 2000 Michigan State when they had McKean Cleese, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, back in the day when they had a true solid point guard, it's uh, they, they probably would have had somebody to handle Lawson, but Lawson's you know, a step above everybody else in, in the NCAA this year. I thought um, in the play. he's from D.C. too. You know how we roll. Yeah, I know he's he's from D.C. But I thought you know what I thought it was going to be a blowout. The game I was looking for a good game, but I thought it was going to be a um, blowout after this halftime when they had that twenty three point lead at halftime. And then I just lost interest in the game. I started. Um, I went to go fix some food, get me a drink. Don't worry about <laughs> what drink I had, but I, I had something to drink. Um, yeah, but Friday's <laughs> watching the game last night. Had to get my wings in and came on back home. Well, yeah, I, I think the atmosphere. I think the atmosphere. Um, the atmosphere of being in bars and stuff is pretty good. Um, well, bars as far as watching the game, sports bars. You, you yeah. also get the game and you get the you get the, uh, you know, like you said, the wings and your drink, whatever. As long as you're out there safe, man, just be safe. You know them DUIs, nothing, nothing to play with. No. All right, we got the. Right, we have the big game come on tonight. I think this is going to be a good one. I think. Um, UConn, UConn's gonna prevail, but I think if you watch UConn play Stanford, you understand what I'm saying. I'm just in awe of these uh, uh, UConn women, the way they play, the way they have depth on, um, the way they have depth off the bench and come in and get the job done. I don't know if you watch those guys, know anything about them, but if you yeah, I watch the women's. Yeah, you can. Uh, watch. I watched them all weekend long. They yeah, just UConn and stuff above. No, no disrespect, North Carolina. I think when UConn women play, they outball at C. UNC right now. UNC who women? 
men's. I think they just the way they play. I mean, that point guard, uh, what's her name? Who, um, oh, Montgomery? Montgomery just, she, she reminds you of Ty Lawson. I mean, when she comes on the court and she just, she maintains that court. She lets, this is my court. No matter what court is that, it's my court. And if you're going to do something about it, you have to take me out. Take me out. Other than that, you can't. She just, she demands attention. Yeah, well, well she is. I watched the play, and I was like, they can't stop her. But I think the key is is to try to slow her down. But what Stanford was allowing her to do was penetrate, and then and she also can shoot outside, but they allow her to penetrate too much. And um, I think that was the factor where she conditioned that. But they have so many weapons out there at uh, UConn, and I thought that was a problem. This coach has built a dynasty over there. They, when they win tonight, and I say when they win, because I think it's a pretty good chance they win, not taking anything away from Louisville because they, they got to this game uh, for a reason. They beat a couple good teams, but they're here for a reason. But he has a chance to go, what is it, 37-0, 38-0 again. And this just this just from scratch, he's built this team. Well, we going we going to Rich. We going to take a break. We'll come back and talk about that. I might throw I'm throw some uh, baseball highlights. I don't know if you're a baseball fan, but you got a few teams over there in your area, the Nationals and the Orioles. Um, but you listen to Kwame Lasso on Voice America Sports Network. This is Kwame Lasso Sports Talk. I'm gonna come back in two minutes and run down some baseball score. Finish up on the basketball. See you in two minutes. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Every week, Body Talk is here to answer your pressing questions about the fields of traditional, alternative, and functional medical science. Join hosts Dr. Stephen Ross and Drake Kellis as they uncover the truth behind some of today's ailments, symptoms, and diseases. You'll get the most up-to-date information on treatments and remedies and their effectiveness. Plus, you'll hear from leading experts on a variety of health topics. Listen for Body Talk with Dr. Stephen Ross and Drake Kellis, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribbs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference Most Valuable Player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Welcome back to the show. Uh, I don't know if you guys um, 
watched a little bit of baseball, but uh, baseball season started yesterday, uh, opening day. Uh, I watched two games coming in. I watched the Mets play Cincinnati. I watched the uh, Orioles and the Yankees. Uh, and it felt like, because I played baseball all the way up to high school. I played baseball. Um, got drafted, you know, same old, same old athlete stuff. But uh, it, it felt like opening day. You know when you was a kid? It felt like when you were a kid and you go to the park. And um, and I, it just was exciting. A lot of guys, uh, Roderick, um the guy, uh, A-Rod is not uh, back yet, but the game in itself was exciting. I'm going to run down a few scores. And then, uh, Rich, if you're still there, you can chime in on some stuff that went on. But I'll start with the National League score results. The Mets 2-1 over Cincinnati Reds. The Mets will play uh, five more games on the road heading before they head back to Queens in their new stadium. Uh, Johan Santana gets the win. Uh, Fernandez Rodriguez gets the save. The Arizona Diamondbacks edge out the Rockies in a 9-8 win. Congrats to the wow. Diamondbacks, the D-backs. Yeah, they were playing ball. They was The balls were getting out the park. And There's the, two guys going hitting home runs on both sides of the plate. Yeah, they, they was going. And then, it will also, despite Arrow in the game or the Pirates game, the Pirates win 6-4 over the St. Louis Cardinals. That's a surprise. You know, the Pirates, I don't know if you know, they haven't had a winning season in 16 years. So uh, that's a good start. Again, they did have three errors, so that's probably why they got to get over that hump and eliminate the errors. The Cubs over the Astros, 4-2. to two. Florida Marlins, they do it to the Nationals, 12-6. to six. A little football score. And out in California, the Dodgers, 4, San Diego Padres, 1. That's the National League scores. I have American League scores. A few of the games in the American League was postponed due to the, a little action in the uh, weather. But in action was Cleveland Indians losing to the Rangers, 9-1. Your former president, George Bush, throws out the first pitch. I thought you might want to know that, Rich. C.C. Sab- <laughs> Sabathia allowed six runs in a loss to the Orioles. 10-5 win for the Baltimore. Blue Jays fly by Detroit, 12-5. Ken Griffey Jr., back where he started, puts one out of the park on opening day for Seattle as they get past the Twins, 6-1. And I think the final game last night, finishing out on the West, the Athletics get shut out by the Angels by three, and that was the baseball. But I did watch baseball yesterday, and I and it was it felt like literally when you was a kid, you went out there and played. Uh, it was a lot of things. Rich, you mentioned uh, two guys hitting uh, homers from both sides of the plate, two switch hitters, and that's that's never been done in baseball uh, on opening day, and that's amazing oh. in itself. And, and and Arizona at that, and it felt like they were you know you, and I know Bob is a, I don't know if it's still Bob make one ballpark, but. The ballpark out there, uh, you know, and they like it. They play in Colorado. You kind of get that in Colorado, you know, because the balls kind of carry up, up there at high altitude. Right. And the thing about it, uh, like you said, they were playing in Arizona and yeah. Colorado. You wonder why these guys in Colorado uh, put up their home run numbers and uh, because of how, how far the ball travels uh, with the altitude-wise. But I thought it was I thought it was a good opening day for baseball. I sat there and watched it. Like I said, it was like – it felt like literally when you you get your uniform on, you, you go out there and you meet all the other teams – and I, I just thought it was a. Uh, I thought it was fun. Baseball is, baseball should be interesting this year. We'll follow it along, follow it on the show, and talk about it. Uh, again, if you want to call in and get in with uh, myself and Rich, uh, the number is one eight 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 three four six nine one four four. One eight 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 three four six nine one four four. You got anything? What happened to the team out there? What happened to the Nationals? Oh, Nationals? Uh, we we lost. <laughs> we lost. Yeah, we lost on like two. I think it was four to two. No, the, or six to, 
the Marlins destroyed those guys uh, twelve to six. Oh my bad. <laughs> <laughs> twelve to six. Well, I mean, you know, but hey, Adam, you know, Adam Dunn, good acquisition we had this year came up. You know, they hit a three-run uh, homer or something like that. In four to uh, two. You know, it's gonna take a while. We have no pitching, man. We have no pitching whatsoever. Well, you I think all our pitch, our pitchers, our starters, like we got three out of five starters and making me young. You know, so we got to get some good pitching. That's what's going. That's what's going to help us. I tell you, that's the key. Uh, I don't care how great a defensive uh, team you have, if you don't have any pitching, you're not going to win baseball games. It's just not going to happen. Um, and I think teams are uh, getting a lot of like, for example, you're paying a lot of money to get these pitchers on the staff. Just also as well as having a uh, a great bullpen, a great backup. But if you don't have any pitchers, regardless of how great you are on defense. Uh, other teams are gonna put the ball out the park, and you're gonna walk teams. You're just not gonna be in the rhythm. And I think the the key to um, destroying pitchers in a game is suffer through them first three or four innings, or uh, four or five innings, I should say, where they've already had like a hundred pitchers going into it. And if you can get into the middle middle of their lineup, that's when you start getting those guys coming off. And they over there warming up at the bullpen, but it's not a warm up. They haven't thrown a hundred pitches. So if you can make it to, if you can keep the score or have the lead, make it to the middle of the innings, uh, m- middle of the game, you get those guys coming out the bullpen, and you can control the game there. So the key is pitching, like you said. The Nationals don't have any pitching after uh, getting. We don't even have we don't have game managers. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you can get somebody, if you can get you one. You know, a, a, a middle reliever and then a closer. If you can get, you can find you. You know, kind of like the Mets did. You know, they got a middle reliever and they got a closer in K. Rod. Well, so yeah. If you can get you, if you can get you some game managers, somebody will get you five and a half, six good innings of of, of solid pitching. You know, with an ERA of maybe one, one point five, or maybe two point five. You know what I mean? Don't they will give up two, one and a half, two runs? You got Adam Dunn. You got some good bats, lasting millage. You got you got some good guys on the team. Yeah, but you they got to be able to. To, to manage uh, the first five and a half, like you said, five and a half, six innings. Yeah, if you can get to that five and six and half innings, you get those guys in the, off the bullpen. And Olsen last year was uh, his ERA was four point two. That, that's no way it's gonna. Get, that's not gonna get it done. Olsen, well, you know, that could get it done this year because we got we got a couple big bats. Wait, you so, are? But again, you got to have good big bats in the middle line. We don't have a. You know, we're still a young team. I still think we're a young team. I, I'm a Nationals fanatic. I love my Nats. Uh, so, you know, whatever we do, we do. We go 0-162. I'm, I'm still love my Nats. Oh, well, then you're going to need some uh, pain pills. You're going to need some uh, also medicine. But just like <laughs> – I don't I – don't, I just love my Nats. I don't nah, – I'm not – Like I, most people do baseball because it ain't football. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're supposed to stick with your team, but it's just like – when they came out, they were pretty good. When they when they, they expanded to that, they were pretty good. Um, and um, they were they were the Montreal Expos. They weren't good. They were when they came when they came to uh, DC. They were they they was holding their own. Right now they are. Right now they are. All, well, obviously you're gonna see the all on one, but they put they gave it they give up twelve runs, man. Twelve runs on the first day. What, what was spring training? What was spring ball for? I don't know. Those are football scores to me. And in that that's they in the conference. They in uh. The East NL East, they in that with Florida, Atlanta. Atlanta put up some points yesterday. The Mets, Mets win. The top three teams, Florida, Atlanta, and Mets, they win games yesterday. Then you have to play the Phillies. If I'm not mistaken, the Phillies won the World Series last year. No, you're not mistaken. Okay. Okay. Now, but they are ahead of the, they are ahead of these guys. 
And I don't I don't expect Philly to be uh, that losing team. I expect Philly to work their way back up to the top. But they're in a tough conference. So they they got their work cut out for you, and it's going to come down to pitching. That's it. That's, that's all baseball is anyway. I think it's pitching. You don't have your, your, if you can't get three out of five of your starters and get you to five and a half, like you said, five and a half, six innings, you know, you're not going to have – you're going to be a sub-far 500 team. Well, here's what they have. They had they played um they played the Marlins yesterday. They're gonna play the Marlins again today. That's a good thing about baseball. These double headers, they get to play the teams either two or three times in a row. And then when they leave Florida, who's the top of the standings right now in the East, they go to the Braves, who is right behind Florida. And again, it's only the first uh it's only the second day of the season. So second day of the uh season, but they have their work cut out for them. Um it's only one game. You, I'm, I'm not going to judge a team on one game. You can, you can look at on paper and look at the numbers and look at the stats. But when these guys show up, they have to show up ready to go. Uh, they have Florida uh, today, then Friday, they go and play the Braves. So we should see. So I just like you know you listen to, to other people and they're always talking. Oh, the opening day they did this. I mean it's the opening day. You know you still got what six and a half months more of baseball. Yeah, these guys play. Uh, what is it? 162. 100. 162 games. 162 games. And, and people think, you know, they don't realize how hard baseball. They think these guys just walking around, they playing catch with each other. Here's, here's where the problem, here's where the grind is. They play, they play back-to-back nights. They don't have time to get healed. They don't have time to uh, heal their wounds, heal their injuries. They play back-to-back nights. So uh, baseball is just not a, even though it's the pastime, these guys are playing some aggressive um uh, going out there, getting it done. They are, they are going out there. Uh, they can't get the type of treatment they want to, so they plan 162 games, uh, night in and night out. Yeah. What uh? What's all that noise, Rich? Were you in a car or something? No, I'm out here walking in front. Of, I'm out here walking around. It's beautiful. I'm kind of windy right now, though, but it feels kind of nice outside. I kind of get my fresh air every now and then. You get about to get a fan. You want some fresh air? <laughs> no, that ain't right. That's recycled air, bro. <laughs> I'm on fresh air. <laughs> All right, man. We, we, we got about, uh, let me see what's going on here. We have about, you going to get cut off. You're making a lot of noise over there. Oh, I'm about to move. How's that sound? Uh, we got we got about three minutes left on the. Come up to three weeks for the draft. We gonna talk about draft. You know what? I'm, I'm, we're gonna have a draft show. We got two minutes left in this segment, but I, I definitely want to have a draft show. So I was gonna, um, but we'll talk around the league. We'll talk about what's going on around the league. And um, I don't want to talk specifically about what teams need right now because I think uh, a draft show is coming up real soon and um, and what teams need. I don't know if you have a favorite team, but there's a lot of moves being made now, like Cutler uh, going to Chicago. Man, I, I, think, I think Chicago gave up a little too much to get this guy. I don't. Why do you say that? They got, they got a job in 10 years. They, yeah. They gave up too much. But they they had to do it. Denver had to do it, though. Denver had to do it because of the um, of the uh, animosity that was going to be with the young coach, the thirty two year old coach Cutler. Uh, I read that he's not taking calls or emails when they was trying to uh, uh, salvage this uh, incident between the two, uh, Denver and the um, and uh, Jay Cutler. But they had to get rid of him. There's no way that chemistry would have been good uh, with those guys out there playing. So I don't know. There's a lot of moves being made in the NFL. We'll, we'll go around a. We'll go around and talk about some stuff in the NFL. We got a, well, we got another minute left in this segment, but I, I think um, that was one of the moves that had to be made. Now that Chicago have Jay, are they going to get a receiver? They need a receiver. 
had nothing to give up. They can go in the draft and draft one. But, you know, it's like, I don't know. You know, they got a good, good tight end in Greg Olson, very good tight end. Yeah. And Matt yeah. Forte at the running back position. Uh, you know, that's it. They'll have no go-to receiver unless someone can come up and step up this year and, and do something. Then, uh, well, it's, you know, yet to be seen. But you got to wait till the uh, – well, we'll see. We'll see with the draft. We're going to come back on Voice America Sports Network. Uh, this is Kwame Lassie Sports Talk. You're on the line with myself and Rich. Uh, we'll see you back, coming back in two minutes. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Back on the Voice America Sports Network. Hello, I'm here, Rich. We're back on the sports. I don't know. They uh, played the music kind of early, so uh, we back. Um, but we were talking about what's going on around the league. Um, hold on a second. Let me see what's going on right here. Uh, yeah, we we're talking about what's going on around the league, and I thought uh, I thought it was a whole lot given for uh, Jay Cutler. You disagree? Um, what else is going on around Leeds? Plaxico. What you think about that deal right there? He, him being released and then fighting for his grievance and winning. He, got his, he won the grievance. Yeah, he won it. He won yeah. it. He got released. So now he has to do it. If I was him, I'll go ahead and plea out, get that little five and a half, six months out the way, come back in like late November and go to a playoff driven team and win a no Super Bowl. Because somebody's going to pick him up. You think he's going to get six months? Even if he plea. I think that carries, uh, what's that carry? Uh, he got to get at least a year and a day, but I think that carries uh, three years. But, my, you know, like I said, my outlook on all that right there is, okay, number one, okay, it was dumb on them for the first part to even go to, even say it was at a nightclub when it happened. It was number dumb. Two, it's you, his word, the cops, no one said anything but Plexico and Antonio, uh, what, what's his say? Plexico said a whole lot when he shot himself in the thigh. Right, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it was them two said it, and you know they would have done it a different way. He wouldn't be in no trouble as it is. Yeah, but in the state of New York, you can't carry a gun, and he knows that. I mean, the city is what it is, and you know New York like. Uh, I understand that, but he didn't have to say he was at a nightclub. See, that's where he got messed up at. Who, Plexico? Yeah, I don't know. People, yeah, he didn't have to say it, but the people that didn't hear the gunshot and. and Around him would have said he got a shot. He shot himself in there, or they heard shots. It, it's no. I don't think he would have got away from that or got around that. Um, 
But he he did win his grievance. Uh, um, he did win his grievance. I don't think he's just gonna do six months. Uh, that would be good. That would be good for a lot of people in New York who got who has gun charges. They can do six months. I'm sure they hoping he gets six months so they can go back to the drawing board with their case. Uh, you got a uh, who else signed? Uh, Garcia signed a deal with the Raiders to back up your boy out there. I, I think um, that he's a good backup. I think eventually he's going to end up playing some time because I don't. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he um, learned the offense, but he was in the bay quite a few times. But Garcia's a he's a good backup, and he's a uh, Marcus Russell. I mean, yeah, Jamarcus Russell's not what ready. I don't think. Has he had for the last two years? I'm sorry. What you say? What consistency has he has he had the last two years? Well, here, here's the problem with Jamarcus Russell. He held out a camp so long. He came out of school early. He held out a camp so long trying to get his deal done. Uh, so he missed a lot of playing time. So. Really, he's still a rookie in the sense that he haven't seen all the defense that's going to be thrown at him. Um, and that's where Garcia come in as a good backup because when he's in trouble, you can spell him uh, for a quarter or two or, or for a game or so. But he held out too long. In my opinion, I think he held out too long uh, getting his contract deal. He wasn't able to grasp the offense as quick as they thought he would. He didn't have a, a rhythm or a timing with the um, the receivers. And then he came in. Because if I'm not mistaken, um, Aaron Brooks was there. Aaron Brooks was the quarterback, and I think Aaron Brooks had a back injury, which is uh, still nagging him to this day. But Aaron Brooks was there, and they were trying to rush Jamarcus alone to get him out there. And what what they really did was set him back a little a little further than um, than he should be at this point. But then again, you know, you know, again, like you know, it goes back and say if you don't have consistency in the front office on the coaching staff, you're not going to be productive on the field. Well, yeah, because the well, you know, <laughs> you know that guy. Uh, he's that uh, coach still trying to get. Uh, he's in Tennessee right now, but he's still trying to get his money from the uh, the Oakland Raiders. But if you you firing a coach after you firing a coach after uh, four months into the season, then what was your um, reasoning for choosing him to select him to be your head coach and go through all this for the uh, to do that? Uh, but uh, Kellen Kellen Winslow Jr. signed a six year deal with uh, Tampa Bay. I think it was a six-year, $36.1 million deal with a guaranteed 20.1. Uh, so um, he has a lot of incentives in there that can reach it. You know, he can, that deal can reach to $42 uh, million. And if he keeps his head on straight, I think I think he will reach a lot of those incentives if he keeps his head right. If he don't if he don't revert back to when they losing, I mean, you're going to lose a lot of games, and, and some teams are just better than you. But if he can keep his head and, and, and be more professional um, – and build a team around him or build an offense, not the team, but the offense, let him know is he's still there game in and game out. I think he turned to one of the better tight ends in the game. But, again, who's going to give him the ball? You're right. But you gotta, you have to have – they had a lot of chances to uh, get quarterbacks in this free agency, and we don't know what they're going to do as far as the draft is uh, concerned. But and we'll, and we'll talk more about that on upcoming shows. But you have to have a good tight end. It's evident you have to have two running backs, so we're not yeah, sure. Man. We're not sure. You know, I don't think um, you need to throw deep to him. I think you know throw throw uh, mediocre, mediocre routes. Um, uh, fifteen yards. I think any quarterback in the league can get the ball to him in fifteen yards. But you have to have a good running game for the pass game to even work. I think it was a good thing signing him. Cadillac back coming. Cadillac coming back this year full time. Right. Uh, I think they lost Ernest Graham somewhere. Uh. Well, you got Cadillac coming back full time, so and so you got Cadillac, you got uh, Kellen Winslow. Still, you know, you, you 
Kelly gonna get that yak, you know? Yeah, he's, he's he gonna get to that yak, but still, you need a quarterback, someone that can manage the game in order to get him the ball. And I don't think Tampa. Well, they tried to get um, they tried to get Cutler, but uh, I don't think that was gonna work out. And you know, speaking of Cutler, um, I think it was a good job, good deal him getting uh, Kellen Winslow getting out of Cleveland. But uh, moving on, you do you know Washington tried to do to uh, uh their quarterback what Denver was doing? Washington tried to get Cutler. Yeah, That's, they tried to trade Jason Campbell. They tried to tra- trade with somebody. Yeah, and now it didn't work out, and then Jason there. So now all the reports are that they're trying to mend a relationship with Jason Campbell. I mean, I don't know if it was handled the same way or, or approached the same way as uh, the the uh, Denver and Jay Cutler's deal. But um, now they have they stuck with uh, Campbell, who who's still growing, and I think he's done everything on all seasons that you want your quarterback to do. It, it's being in the facilities, being around the players. Getting the uh, OT, OTCs uh, as far as camp is concerned, timing and, and, and being in there, building himself as a better uh, leader or face of his team. But why, I don't know why it's a lot of uh, situations going down like that with teams. I don't know if the Washington Redskins talked to Campbell saying, we're thinking about dealing you, or did he find out in the paper? you on that side of town, so I don't know if you heard anything. I haven't heard anything, but I look at like, you know, same thing they talking about the Redskins with tampering. Titans are accusing the rest of the tampering with Albert Hainsworth. I mean, my thing is this, it's a business, okay? And, you know, if, you know, I, I think that, you know, there's certain aspects of it that, you know, the players must know what's going on. But I think they're looking at it like it's a Fortune 500 company. You know, if you go in and if you, if you somebody in over there supposed to do, you put that job on the internet. Someone else comes in and interview for that job. Is that person, you, do you really have to tell the incumbent that I'm interviewing for your position? No, I, 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 what I think is, uh, I think this uh, Tennessee is trying to get some for Albert Hainsworth. They, if they wanted to sign Albert Hainsworth, they should have kept him. Uh, but so now they're trying to get something with him now, as far as that tampering deal is going. So you right, know, they, they want to sign him two years ago when he had an opportunity when he got in that trouble. Exactly. But Washington is making moves. They, you know, they signed uh, D'Angelo, D'Angelo Hall. So yeah. they they trying to make moves. So I think it'd be Aaron Rodgers. I'm not Aaron Rodgers, but Carlos Rodgers and D'Angelo Hall. Then they have Fred Smoots over there. So they got three corners that can start anywhere in the league right now. And Fred I think Smoot that can't start nowhere. But Washington Redskins. Who? Fred Smoots garbage. Fred Smoots a good third down. He's a good number three. A uh, good. Fred Smoots. Fred Smoots ain't give you nothing but pass interference. <laughs> Fred Smoots is a good number three corner, and he got a big deal out of Minnesota before uh, getting on that boat. Why are you think Minnesota ain't in Minnesota no more? Minnesota didn't need him. They, well, they, you. you know what? And then uh, Sean Springs is out of there. He's in New England. He's in New England. Uh, but they're doing a lot of good things. It's a, little, it's a lot of stuff going around the league in the NFL, but we're going to kind of narrow it down uh, in upcoming shows as, as close as uh, – uh, as the draft nears, so we're gonna find out what teams need and and what's going on, man. Uh, we talk a little bit about basketball in the next two minutes. For the last two minutes, um, I'm just gonna mention the Suns real quick because they Why? really dist- Why? exactly. Because they here. I'm in Phoenix. I'm in Phoenix. I'm in Phoenix, and I gotta mention every home team. Uh, Suns. They four games back, man. With five games played, they had an opportunity because they played Dallas. They could at least won that game. Dallas ran through the Suns like. I thought the Phoenix Suns was the running team. So Dallas beat yeah, like the 2000s. Dallas beat those guys up um 140 to uh 116 and they played the Suns play tomorrow. So I pretty much it's a wrap for those guys. So they had their chances. They had um 
their own destiny staring right in their face. They had, they was controlling it. But that's it. Uh, Bynum may be back for the Lakers, man. What do you think about that? That's coming up. We got a minute left, so. Uh, Bynum comes back with the Lakers. I mean, he just gonna hope he can just fit right in. But I mean, Lakers are clicking on all cylinders. I mean, they are. But I, I would recommend slowly. I wouldn't expect too much out of him. I just get the. Uh, you have to get in basketball shape, man. I got a question for you. Real quick. How you feel about what what Allen said last week? AI said last week. Hey, I just don't want to come off the bench. He's from Newport News, Virginia. He don't come off the bench. He retired before he started coming off the bench. Yeah, but, Chuck, I mean, you got to understand. I mean, you know, it ain't like, you know. Rich, Rich we got to go. We'll finish up with this later. You are listening to Kwame Last Sports Talk on the Voice American Sports Network. I'd like to thank my guest, Richard Britt, uh, former AFL2 coach. Uh, welcome to uh, – we'll see you back next week. I'll be here next week, though. All right, buddy. I'll be safe. All Thanks. Thanks for tuning in this week. Come back next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.